when you speak up, even if you are speaking on behalf of nature, they think you are challenging the government. That's a challenge. That, that's one of the biggest frustration things we, we, we face here in Uganda. This is The Butterfly Effect, a podcast that shows the big impact a small action can do. Tali Orad is talking to those special people that make a difference with nature and trees. Welcome everyone to The Butterfly Effect. My name is Tali Orad. I'm your host and your butterfly here. My special guest today is Niyomvi Morris. He is a 23-year-old Ugandan climate activist, a Soviet honoree, UN OCHA ambassador and CNN environmentalist of tomorrow, who began his activism as a result of the direct impact flooding had on his family, disrupting the source of livelihood for his parents and forcing them to find a new place to call home. Niombi has since called for more action from world leaders and polluters to make climate change more seriously and discourage polluters through policy development. His story has been featured on the BBC, CBC, CNN, The Verge, Global Citizen, Router, Earth.org, among others. I'm excited to have Niombi here. Welcome, Niombi, to The Butterfly Effect. Yes, Tali, thank you so much for hosting me. And uh, that was a very wonderful introduction. Yeah. Yes, it's it's wonderful what, what you're doing. So you are a climate change activist. What made you become one? What made me join activism was due to the climate change impact that happened to my family back then. Because when I was young, at the age of nine, I started experiencing this impact after realizing that human activities were destroying our environment, mostly uh, where we used to stay because we are near the lake shores of like the shores of Lake Victoria in the eastern part of mm-hmm. Uganda, where companies from mostly Asia used to come and do some illegal sand mining. This endangered the land in that they used to leave a lot of holes which made the lake to start expanding. Like whenever they could do the digging and the picking the soil, take it out anywhere they want. Mm-hmm. The, the, the holes they used to leave, it made actually the lake to start expanding, to come where we were. Actually, for us, we are just neighbors opposite to the lake. So mm-hmm. it could expand. Now, the time came when uh, it was rainy season, every time it could rain like in a week we could receive like thrice and uh, that's where the challenges and the impacts started coming back to us how through flooding flooding could come most of the time uh it could come when we are at school by the time you return home uh you find when uh actually the house is full of mud and uh like right water from you like you just see your your cups like the plates floating and be like wow we, again this is another double work we have to again to wash these utensils so the impacts started increasing after human activity that were being carried out by asian companies and this did not just happen in one year it used to happen before until we started receiving rainfall non-stop that when we were close neighbors to the lake we started experiencing heavy impacts. Mm-hmm. In 2009, that's when the government passed in a call to whoever was 
next to the lake to evacuate so that they can save their lives. That is the only option they had. But in the first hand, you may ask why the government didn't take that responsibility to question the people who are doing that illegal sand mining, like near the lake. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it, for them, they are saying uh, they were authorized by the government. So the only government to defend themselves was to show us that, no, we never allowed them. Instead, they told us, you know what, you have to evacuate so that you can save your lives. We don't know what might happen because many times when it rained heavily, we couldn't even sleep at night. However much I was young, the story still like continued to ex like to come in even when I grow up because there are still other areas where this is still happening. So today we are in Kampala because of that. We used to have a land. We used even to have a farm where we used to do our farming stuff. I remember I had my garden as a kid, like a small garden as a kid where I used to, to plant my own like maize and beans. Whenever I could come back from school, I could check on, check out and see whether like they have grown. You know, every day you have to check yeah. out when you are young. So that, that thing, I miss it so much. It made me feel like I wish I could do something by then. Because now we are in Kampala. We started renting back in 2009. Up to today, we haven't got our like our own place where we can sit and uh, be like, yeah, we don't expect. So many years after, you're still picking up Ex your life together, right? Exactly. And years have gone, but it, it, nothing has changed. Uh, the suffering is still continuing because even my studies... I didn't even go far because of my parents couldn't sustain. They used to, the only thing they used to know was farming. Now, when they lost their farm, they came to Kampala where everything is for sale. So they had to look for jobs. And, you know, we have a very big challenge with employment opportunities here. There are not many. So if you are not educated or if you don't have qualifications, definitely will not get and you only work in maybe in construction site and some other areas but not in those high paying jobs so that that's the reason why even uh, my education didn't go far even my parents have been struggling to support me and again another scenario which came into this was our dad who left us actually abandoned us after one year when we shifted to Kampala he went has no more like he could go and look for food, like support, sugar, and as you know, these normal things, the best needs. He used to go and come back, but one day when he went, he never came back. So we were we, we remained with a single mom. So since 2010, I've been with a single mom of three siblings. And and she is the one trying to support you, or or are you helping her in any way? Currently, I'm the one now helping her because, yeah, she, she's not that stable. And, uh, I'm the one now who, okay, who has grown up because even my young sisters and brother, they, want, they need that little education I got. So whenever I come across anything like some penny, I just give her and tell her, you know what, support this one, support. That's how we, we are running life because... Sometimes getting enough support for all of us is not easy, so I have to do a lot. I studied IT and computer science 
diploma. Mm -hmm. So that is the only chance I have that sometimes I got some, I get some, some, some jobs within the area, within some factories, then I do some maintenance as a technician. So that's how sometimes I help her. Right. And when do you have time to do the activism work? If, if you need to support the family? I'm trying to do both, <laughs> which is not mm -hmm. that easy and it's very hard to explain. But whenever I get time, just know I'm not this person who is always free. I'm always busy. <laughs> I have mm -hmm. to move up and down. Yeah, I have to think about what I'm going to deliver to the people. I have to think about the recent reports. I have also to, to go back and check what are the new articles, what is happening in the world. So, you know, I'm... Right. <laughs> I'm so, fixed. Yes. So what is it that you're doing in terms of your activism? Back then, when I just joined, I, I was striking every Friday, joining the rest of the world, Greater Thunberg, every Friday for school strike for climate change. I did that for almost one and a half year until I started receiving criticism and uh, insults and uh, questions like, why was I, why was I acting like I'm from Europe or I'm like a, a white activist. In Europe, they, there may not be space, but in Africa, there is space. Can't you do something? Those are some of the questions they used to ask me. So I was challenged. And yes, I realized that, yeah, they are right. Because in my country, we have a lot to do. But just that the challenge has young people. We don't have support even when you are innovative. So what I did because it was costly, I sat down with my friends and I'm like, what can we do? Mm -hmm. What I decided as me first was to start massive mobilization about climate change and also about tree planting. Because one, I realized that in my country, the transition to clean energy will not be possible unless we young people do something. Because today we are still having people who are depending so much on wood. So every time they cut down trees and they are not aware of what are the consequences and what other solution or what other what other solution can they use instead of wood every time. So I had to stand up as a as a person who has understood climate change to go back and start mobilizing, showing them what to do. And also I added on tree planting because I realized that if I only tell them to stop cutting down trees they might stop but they will ask me so what next okay we save them or are you going to replace the rest so i told them no when you when when i'm trying to tell you that stop cutting trees I'm, i don't mean you should stop okay going to like forest visiting forest to get some some medicine because some trees are medicine you can go and use them but cutting down without replacing is bad totally bad because in the end these trees are the one we need most for oxygen. So we started planting while mobilizing. In the first year, that is 2020, we planted over 7,000 trees. Mm -hmm. We visited over, is it seven, eight communities because we are, we are just starting our lockdown in 2020. So in 2021, we continued, however much it was locked down. This time we added some schools. We said, no, uh, the young, the old generation is not ready to change. 
because we realize that we are trying to, to show them that climate change is happening because of our activities that are not good, that are not favorable to our environment. In the end, we are going to be suffering. We tried even to show them that drought is happening. Whatever you see is happening is not supposed to be like that. Don't take it as it is normal. When we realized that we are not changing, we started to engage with school, school kids about mm -hmm. climate change still and what action they can take to cut their carbon footprints because we cannot do a lot, but we can offer something like tree planting because it is cheap and easy to implement. And our, our land, who are in Uganda, our land is favorable, most on trees. They come out when you take care of them. How old were the kids? Yeah, uh, we just go to primary, but as you know, primary, it is five years to 15. And then the kids are the one, after you planted, do you stay with them or do they take care of the trees and you just visit them every once in a while? So this is something, a very big initiative, which I couldn't handle on. What I do, I engage with teachers because I realize always school kids listen to teachers than their parents. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we first talk to the teachers and tell them this is what we want these kids to be in future and uh, we want them to to start taking action at very early age so that in future they don't face challenges becoming climate deniers or to get paid for diverting people because many we have many on social media who are paid for that you talk about large corporation like total like okay like those who are polluting when you talk about them they have already hired bots people like people like us who are acting like bots just to fight us like to divert so we wanted to show them that in future we want leaders who are able to take action according to people's will how are we going to do this we have to train these young people about climate change so that we don't face these same consequences we don't face denialism we don't face climate doom and everything right. so we discussed with teachers and they're like yeah we are going to make sure these kids take care of these trees by all means. So that was the first step we did. Then the next step was to be going there every after three months. We go there to check out whether those trees mm -hmm. are coming out very well. Because we realize even teachers might forget because they are always busy. There are also people who come to work and go back. Mm -hmm. So they might forget. So in three months, if they have taken care of that tree very well, in three months, that tree is able to stand. And did you see the kids engaging more after you come back? Yes, they are even interested with more trees because they want to take home. So what type of trees do you plant with them? Yeah, we plant fruit trees, mostly oranges, guava, avocado, and maybe mangoes. So trees they are depending on, and then yeah, less it, likely that they will cut them down. For kids, we just want to show them the example. And why we choose mm -hmm. fruits is because they are kids. They always look at what physical result are we going to get. But when, when you tell her or him that, you know what, when you take care of this tree, you are going to get mangoes, even if it's in primary one. By the time he reaches primary seven, he expects that mangoes. In any time he is expecting something in return. That's why we choose trees like fruit trees in schools so that we, we keep their expectations high. Mm -hmm. That will make them 
take care of those trees. That's why we choose that. But in other areas, let's say in the community, we plant indigenous trees. Which is very, very important. And then you see the community appreciate that or do you think they will cut them down? The question is kind of tricky because, yeah, some say they are ready to, like, they, they welcome the initiative, the idea, but others still be like, are you paid to do this? You want to divert <laughs> yeah. us? What, like, can't, can't you give us a solution? And even when you give them solution, they'll be like, can't you give us money we can buy, like, <laughs> the solar... <laughs> The solar stove, as you said, like, because you are telling us to use solar, but we don't have support for that. So in the end, you end up challenged. But what we do mostly, for us, we visit forests. Now we have been visiting forests in 2021. That's what we have been doing. We visited mm -hmm. like, like four forests. We check out which areas are missing, which areas are being degraded so that we refill. We do some refilling. And uh, mm -hmm. last year we managed to visit the four of them and uh, we planted over 11,000 tree saplings in, in total. That's what we, we planted. But uh, the challenge with it is that uh, they are expensive. We can't hire someone to give us or to make for us a nursery bed. And another thing, we don't have our own small piece of land or a plot where we can do that stuff. Otherwise, if we were able to grow our own from baby stage, then we supply. Mm -hmm. That will be easy for us. But currently, it is costly to annex and that we are forced to achieve for some months. Sometimes we can rest for like four months as we look for support, then we resume. Do you think the government will be willing to help you and support? They have never reached out to me, even when they say that I'm doing some good work. It is, I'm not so sure, because even there is some challenges of uh, our government. They are not so much in climate. They are not so supportive in climate change initiatives and uh, even taking action. They are not so supportive. So that's a challenge. Is it dangerous to be an activist in Uganda? Some voices have have been silenced for challenging because when you speak up, even if you are speaking on behalf of nature, they think you are challenging the government. That's a challenge. That, that's one of the biggest frustration thing we, we, we face here in Uganda. Were you ever in danger? Yeah, I've ever, like, there's a time they used to troll me, like, they could send me some people, some people could be trolling me all over. Uh, even there is a time in 2020, they banned me on Twitter for speaking up. One of the forests known as Vogoma Forest was sold. Then I felt so bad, but because I had some some following on Twitter, I decided to use my, my followers to help me speak up on what was happening in Uganda. So I came out, I, I, I made a tweet about Vogoma Forest. They even hosted me on, a, on, a, on our local TV show mm -hmm. where I, I had to add, like elaborate on what was happening in the Ugoma Forest. But as I, what I can tell you, after the show, my account got banned on Twitter for one and a half months from the time I, I like attended the show. And it was banned by my government because I was challenging them. They sold the forest to a sugarcane company known as Hoima Sugar. 
to replace the forest with sugar cane right. imagine right so their target was money and for me i wanted them to revoke their certificate i was trying to tell them that this environment we are protecting actually we cannot be focusing on our normal tree the trees we plant in schools these are are just they don't even uh, carry even one percent of the oxygen we can get from the forest itself yes so i wanted to show them this but because their target was money and also they welcome all investors they tried to silence me yes they did it for one and a half month but yeah i managed to get back my account and and that's it it was just on online nothing besides that or this month i'll be celebrating something like one year ever since i was arrested while striking like on as i as i told you in the beginning that uh, I, i was joining fridays for future to strike every friday demanding for climate emergency so last year in march i was arrested on st- when i was on street this like they, they said i was inciting violence because we are from elections so they thought i was trying to call people to challenge the results right. that was the challenge i received on the ground that's why i felt bad i, I was I, i couldn't even withstand the pain i decided even to go off for some good month trying to recover you know the trauma and uh, mm-hmm. yeah the pain was much up to now i always recall the time the way they they, they mistreated me the way they they grabbed me and uh, threw me to their truck it was like i was a thief for some someone who a roadblock like it was strange and, and all you wanted to do is is just showcase the problem we have with climate exactly there was nothing like because i even my my, my cardboard there's no things like political harris target okay yeah sometimes you have to challenge the politicians but yeah i don't go so deep in politics but they for them they see everything as politics that's a challenge right right well i'm i'm happy you are out and you can continue voice your voice and and fight for climate besides tree planting do you do other things so this is tree planting is local and educating locals but at the end i i feel it's not i feel i know that Uganda and in other third world countries are the ones that are suffering most from climate change but it's a global problem it's not just your problem it's all of our problems because if you'll have nowhere to live we'll start seeing migration and we'll have shortages food in, in in food everywhere not just in Uganda so i'm just curious if there is anything that you do besides on the local um environment i actually have been in tree planting and climate education because i wanted to push so that we can add climate curriculum in schools but that one hasn't been successful that's why this year i'm educating young about climate change through the book i got from unicef but again i'm i'm planning another project and this project i think if it is not my last I don't know if there there will be another project uh we managed to secure land so because i realized that we have a lot of climate victims even me myself um, i want to start as a, me and my group we want to start 
growing food and supply to refugee camps. We secured the land. Now we, we are looking for support as we push for climate education. Next year in 2023, that is our main goal. We want to start growing food. Then we supply it for free in, in, in refugee camps or in those that are mostly impacted by climate change. We just want to, to do something because we have realized that we don't, people, like those people who are impacted, whenever they get such challenges, parents are forced to separate from their children. Let's say girls are being forced to go into marriage because parents can no longer sustain a living. And another thing, the government is not ready to support them with food. In the end, we end up fundraising to get for them something. In every Christmas, even last year, we did the same thing. So I just wanted to, to stop fundraising every end of the year. You ask for support, people help me. Right. I just wanted to do something by myself or by, with my group. We plant some food, let's say maize for posho and beans something simple which can at least which can make a difference in the end you 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 send them something you give them something they feel happy because we all want to survive right and when you talk about refugee camps you're talking about climate refugee camps right exactly climate refugee and, camps and how many are there in uganda in uganda i can only count what we have in kampala in kampala we have six only Kampala. So in other regions, I haven't count. I haven't counted, but there are more than that. Wow! And and when you talk about we, who is we? I have a team of activists I'm working with. We are like seven. And what is the biggest challenge right now? On what we do, still it is cha the challenge is on finance. The support is not is not there. Even the money I've been using for tree planting, I buy all these trees, even the books, I got the PDF from UNICEF, but I have, I have to print it out and uh, like binding. So in the end, it cost me a lot. Sometimes I'm forced to fundraise on internet, even there is a link on my profile where I do fundraising for the school activity, but still the support doesn't come. And in Uganda, many organizations actually were forced to leave during the elections many environmental organizations exited the country because of uh, one of the prominent politicians known as Bobby Wine. He took over, actually, he dominated uh, and he took over the media around the scene. Actually, he took over the scene in, in 2019. Up to date, he has been challenging our government. So the regime thought these environment like organizations are the one financing the guy. So they decided to start questioning organizations. How do you perform? Who are the people? Like, who are the people you are financing? They, in the end, organization ended up exiting Uganda. So that's a challenge. You would have asked me, Maurice, can't you reach out to UN Direct? I will ask you, do we have offices in UN? You know? So organizations, most of them, even Action Aid, they all exited Uganda. So, so that's a challenge. So they exited the Uganda because of politics. Yeah, it was politicized that every they were over questioning them. They thought maybe they are, the guy, the regime thought they were supporting the, the opposition side. So, but you are still there. You are you're gonna acquire that land, and uh, is it gonna be agroforestry? So um, trees 
as well as crops to support those refugee camps? Exactly. I just want to make it small, beauty, and simple. <laughs> I love it. This is the butterfly effect, and, and I try to keep it hopeful. And with those words, I feel like we can make it hopeful. What will be the, I don't know, five tips you can give to people that are listening that they can do to take action? So first of all, if they can, they can support you, and I'll share your link. What else? Yeah, first of all, one of the biggest actions which many don't just look at is you accepting that climate change is happening in the country that are not from global north, that is Africa. So when you realize that and accept it, because media have tried to, to bring that to light, you always see news about flooding, landslides. If you happen to see that, sit with your friends and tell them, what action they can take to help those who don't have support, who can't speak, who cannot be heard. I remember my friends were in UK and I have some friends in UK. Every time they are on, you see them on different channels, like uh, presenting and be like, but you have the voice. Why can't you also help us and hear out our voice, our cry, our, like what we are going through. So I'm suggesting the first action should be you mobilizing your friends about climate change. That is one of the biggest actions. The moment we understand that it is happening, everyone is going to start taking action and taking that responsibility, even challenging those companies that are, that are fueling our, like, our suffering in Africa, where we are today. The second action, check out your uh, community. What can you offer? We have an issue of plastic in our countries. If it is the same issue happening where you are, can't you do something? You can do uh, beach cleanup. That is possible. You are saving marine life. You never know how many you are going to save when you go and do some beach cleanup with your friends. The second thing, if you have space where you are, you can start also uh, planting your own food at your place. What is the purpose of you buying regenerative from regenerative agricultural robbies? These robbies are making money. And in the end, we are going to end up like uh, adopting new, new food which we don't know, which will make us lose our lives because it starts from Europe. When you guys start buying uh, this, this uh, this generated food, I don't know how, this processed food. Even in Africa, it will start coming. But if you reject it, definitely, even as we are going to reject it, it starts from you. So reject that food which is being processed and tell them, you know, we can grow our own from our place, from our mm -hmm. owns. Mm -hmm. And yeah, even in Africa, when they bring it, we will reject, we'll be like, no, that is a reject. But if the moment we happen to see you using or take, like, uh, like accepting such stuff, we are also going to copy from you because yeah, we are colonized and uh, yeah. <laughs> everything is un is taken by what is happening in Europe. So that's the sad thing: reject all right. processed food, take action by mobilizing. Uh, if possible, do do beach cleanup because it can make a difference to mm -hmm. save marine life. And also, if you can plant some trees, please do do 
do do because trees can cannot only just save us but they, they are the one who can bring us oxygen we cannot have oxygen on, on a planet which has no trees that's the first thing Nayambi, you you inspired me even though i was inspired before you, you, you caught me uh on, on that kind of like positive note of plant more trees and yes let's plant more trees what is your favorite tree it is dragon blood tree and why is that when it is growing there is a way it forms umbrella in the form of mushroom so it, it actually there is a way it, it quickens like creating shape like a shade in case you need a shade these are the trees you can put in a compound and they can last long anytime you feel like you want to hide somewhere you just go and sit under it you can even go and sit up because <laughs> they are beautiful yeah you can go and just enjoy your life up there because for them they just grow in that shape whereby they can provide you with that uh, umbrella and what is the name of it in your native language how do you say it Motuba. <laughs> Motuba. okay i've learned something Thank you so much, Nyombi. It, it was fascinating and inspiring. And please, please keep on the good work. And, and I hope that um, you will be able to get your funding and run that project very, very soon. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for hosting me. And I know people will like it because all we need is to tell our stories. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining me today. Joining me, Nyombi, and the rooster. <laughs> we are all beautiful butterflies, each in his and her individual ways. I wanted to thank you for joining me today in this episode. I really appreciate you coming on this journey with me, and I hope you can join me next time. And remember, it only takes a small action to make a big difference. Be a butterfly. And that's all for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe to hear more of our stories of change 